this is the in focus podcast from the hindu welcome to the in focus podcast my name is jayan shriram and i'm your host for today we turn to international affairs in this episode and we look at the recent morocco israel deal and its implications for the region here's the story so far morocco has become the fourth arab country to normalize ties with israel over the last 5 months on december 10 us president donald trump announced the deal claiming that the series of normalization agreements between arab countries the uae bahrain sudan and now morocco and the jewish state was bringing peace to west asia In return for Morocco's decision to establish formal ties with Israel, the US has recognized Moroccan sovereignty over Western Sahara, a disputed territory in northwestern Africa, which has been under Moroccan control for decades. Morocco has long been campaigning internationally, using economic pressure and diplomacy, for recognition of its claims to Western Sahara. It appears now that it got what it wanted from this deal. but could the move end up reigniting a dormant conflict we discuss this today with the hindus international affairs editor stanley johnny stanley uh, welcome to the podcast once again always a pleasure to do these international affairs episodes with you thank you for making time for us again thanks jayan thanks for having me Right uh so Morocco as i mentioned in the introduction has become the fourth arab country to normalize ties with israel in the last 5 months and uh, this has come at a you know Morocco has managed to extract a fairly important price uh, from this agreement which is their claim on uh, western sahara so uh, let's just break it down uh, what is the what is the story behind this uh, this this normalization of ties with israel and what's the claim on western uh, sahara Uh, see uh, jayan the context is that as you said yeah morocco is the fourth arab country to have normalized ties uh, in the last 5 uh, months so the trump administration uh, you know has been pushing arab countries to establish formal diplomatic relationship with israel uh, and uh, in most number of cases you can see that the trump administration is giving something some uh, you know uh, some uh, what do we say some diplomatic concessions to these countries to establish ties with israel for example in the case of the uae uh, the trump administration has agreed to sell them the f35 aircraft despite vocal opposition from the israelis uh, in the case of sudan we saw this week that the state department uh, removed the country out of the list of the state sponsors of terrorism in the case of morocco uh, the united states has recognized rabat's sovereignty over western sahara which is a disputed territory so these are the concessions i mean we don't see anything specific in terms of bahrain but we understand that it could be part of a larger deal which might happen you know uh, between saudi arabia and israel in the future uh, so uh, what what we see is that the trump administration is uh, making diplomatic concessions uh, to get these countries arab countries to normalize ties with israel so morocco is the latest one and uh, here the the problem is that uh, you know uh, by recognizing morocco's sovereignty over western sahara which is a disputed uh, area 
uh, right? It's not a it's not a settled issue because even if you look at the UN General Assembly resolutions, if even if you look at the 1991 ceasefire document uh, that brought that at least froze the conflict in Western Sahara. Uh, so uh, everything says that I mean everything sees Morocco as an aggressor, as an occupying force, because it is not the history is a bit complicated here, because Western Sahara was a Spanish colony, uh, and in the 1970s when Spain withdrew, Morocco moved in, and you have a local guerrilla group within Western Sahara that is fighting uh, uh, Morocco, uh, and it fought Mauritania as well because in the 1970s, late 1970s and 1980s. Both Mauritania and Morocco had occupied Western Sahara. So this local guerrilla outfit, which is the Polisario Front, so Polisario had been resisting uh, these groups, uh, these two countries. So Morocco, Mauritania finally got out of uh, uh, Western Sahara, but Morocco continued to occupy these territories. So Morocco says that Morocco claims that uh, Western Sahara is part of the Moroccan Kingdom. Uh, you know. Uh, so uh, it was Spain that came and occupied Western Sahara, and then once the, once the Spaniards were out, it is uh, our legitimate uh, whatever claim over this region. So we are reoccupy, we are reannexing this territory. That's what the Moroccan claim is, but it is a disputed claim. So the problem is that now since 1991 there is a ceasefire. Uh, right. And then uh, the ceasefire has of late has become fragile because, uh, you know, uh, a few months ago, uh, there was an attack by the attack from the Moroccan side on uh, the buffer zone, which is manned by the United Nations between uh, between the Moroccan occupied Western Sahara, as well as the eastern flank uh, of the region uh, that is controlled by Polisario. So after that, Polisario said that we are returning uh, to the warfare. Uh, so, but it didn't actually, the war didn't actually break out after that. But now, uh, with uh, the Trump administration recognition, uh, it's like it could reignite an old conflict. And Polisario has already issued a statement that we would continue to fight until Moroccan forces are withdrawn completely, uh, irrespective of what the United States position is. So, the real challenge is that by getting Morocco to recognize uh, Israel, the Trump administration might inadvertently uh, reignite one of the oldest conflicts in Africa. Right, and the Polisario is backed by um, well, it's backed by Algeria. But uh, is, is Algeria the only country that's backing the Polisario? Uh, th- that's right. I mean, in a sense, uh, uh, I think Polisario has political backing from different countries. For example, uh, the Sahrawi Arab Democratic Republic (SADR). Uh, which was the country which Polisario in 1976 declared. They, they declared an autonomous country in Western Sahara, SADR. And uh, SADR was recognized by several countries, uh, including the African Union. Even now, SADR has, uh, is considered a member of the African Union. So despite all efforts by Morocco, African Union continues to recognize uh, SADR and Polisario is the ruler. Uh, so politically speaking, Polisario has support, but in terms of, uh, I think, if you look at the military aspects, because Polisario is not just a political force, it is a military come political force. So in terms of uh, uh, its, uh, you know, uh, if you look at the military angle, uh, the the main supporter is Algeria because this relationship 
actually goes back to the 1970s or even before that uh, because uh, you know in the 1970s when uh, spain came under pressure uh, internationally also locally in africa to vacate its colonies uh, it was at that time libya libya was then ruled by uh, colonel uh, mama gaddafi and uh, libya and algeria came together and then they helped found this organization which was a largely an arab socialist left leaned organization and right. that was fighting the moroccan occupation moroccan and mauritanian occupation uh, and uh, especially in the southern uh, region southern part of western sahara which was occupied by mauritania uh, the polisario fought very well in the early years and they forced they they forced mauritania to withdraw but as soon as mauritania withdrew from uh, the region the moroccan troops moved in because uh, the moroccan king uh, king hasan the uh, second who uh, you know uh, the, he claimed that that i mean as we discussed earlier that western sahara is actually part of the kingdom of morocco so then he moved troops across the border uh, and then he moved troops southwards and then started occupying most of the country so uh, there the ceasefire was reached under the un mandate in 1991 so by the time the ceasefire was reached you know almost 80% of western sahara was occupied by uh, was taken over by morocco so what moroccan troops did that they built this huge sand wall which they call berm uh, and then and uh, it stretches from you know the atlantic coast in the south to the mountains of morocco in the north so this huge sand wall they built which divides this this territory is controlled by morocco and polisario so the regions that close to algerian border algerian and then on the mauritanian border that is controlled by polisario and also algeria is also hosting you know uh, uh, close to 200000 uh, refugees uh from the sahrawi community uh, uh in in western sahara uh, so polisario is powerful within this i mean in in this refugee camps as well uh, so basically so the support in you know coming from algeria is you know this is the context of uh, the support it is a historical relationship and algeria continues to support polisario and algeria continues to host uh, refugee camps because uh, the total population of this region which is largely it's a desert region uh, western sahara the total population could be some 600000 people of which uh, roughly 200000 people are living in algeria so you can imagine right. how uh, the region is split between these two right and uh, what's the what's the status of the conflict been over the past few years have, have there been occasional flare ups of violence is this an active conflict so to speak in that sense uh no it's kind of a, it's a frozen conflict uh, say since 1990s uh because in 1990s yeah polisario was actually pushed to the eastern flank so they were losing the battle and mm-hmm. on the eastern flank they uh, kind of they were resisting the moroccans because they were supported by algerians etc uh so uh, they accepted and then the un had also interfered so they accepted the truce both sides accepted the truce in 1991 but upon the condition that you know uh, there would be a, an independence referendum and the local population would choose uh, what they want whether 
they want Western Sahara to be an independent country or whether they want Western Sahara to be part of Morocco. So this was uh, written into the 1991 ceasefire. And the Moroccans had agreed that. Uh, but this never happened, you know. And there were repeated attempts by the UN. The UN was trying to push for, uh, not just the UN, there are international actors such as, say, uh, Ireland had issued repeated statements. Even Russia is in favor of a UN-mandated settlement to the conflict. Uh, so all these international countries, international powers had issued statements, but the referendum never happened. What Algeria did, Algeria side, Algeria kind of mobilized its, you know, its presence in the regions it controlled. Uh, whereas uh, Polisario was actually, uh, they were pushed to that eastern side and then they were controlling, they were holding on to that region uh, from the eastern flank as well as uh, the Algerian uh, regions where uh, the Sahrawis were residing. So it's kind of the conflict has been frozen since then. The problem is that uh, uh, the settlement, according to the ceasefire or the UN mandated settlement is that it has to be resolved through a referendum, which never happened, which the Moroccans uh, never actually agreed to holding the referendum. Uh, and then because there were, there are, uh, you know, uh, UN Security Council, uh, UN General Assembly resolution is there. And then uh, there was an international uh, court of justice uh, verdict is there because in the 1970s, before Spain actually vacated the colony, the UN General Assembly asked the International Court of Justice uh, to look into this conflict and find if the Moroccan claims that this was Moroccan and Mauritanian claims at that time, both countries had laid claims over Western Sahara, if their claims that this region belonged to them uh, were true, that was, uh, uh, ICJ was asked to look into that, and ICJ did. And in its report, what ICJ said was that there were no evidence whatsoever that suggests that any legal ties or sovereignty existed between Western Sahara and uh, uh, Morocco or Western Sahara and between Western Sahara and Mauritania at the time of the region got colonized by Spain in 19th century. So there was no legal ties or sovereignty whatsoever. That's what the UN, that's what the ICJ report found. But the ICJ also said that, but some tribes, only some tribes within Western Sahara remained loyal to the Sultan of Morocco. So what the Moroccan king in 1970s did, King Hassan II did, so he took only this bit that some tribes remained loyal to Moroccan king, Moroccan Sultan. He took that bit from the ICJ report and said that this uh, vindicates the Moroccan government's position that Western Sahara was part of the Kingdom of Morocco. And then he sent troops to Western Sahara. That's what he did in the 19, in 1975. Uh, but then, yeah, uh, but yeah, if, if, if you look at the UN documents, it clearly states that uh, this has to be settled through a referendum, independence referendum. That never happened. So the conflict was never resolved, but it was, it was not uh, an active conflict. It was a frozen conflict. Now the risk is that now with the status quo changing now, with Morocco's claims uh, getting international recognition, say, from the United States, uh, it could reignite the conflict because Algeria could be upset. And the Russians have already issued a statement saying that uh, the Trump administration's recognition of uh, Moroccan sovereignty over Western Sahara is a violation of international law. That's what, I mean, I'm quoting them. Uh, 
so this is the risk is that it could go back into active conflict now right and uh, just zooming out uh, finally stanley as we said at the start of the podcast um um morocco is the fourth arab country to normalize ties with israel and yeah. this has all happened in a very short period of time yeah. um do you foresee more instability in this region because of these uh, moves by the trump administration to get these deals signed with israel is there, are there more in the pipeline like this uh see in terms of deal i think there was a report i think um, uh yeah wall street journal reported that uh in the meeting in neom between saudi crown prince and israeli prime minister netanyahu uh, this issue of normalization came up uh, but the saudis backed out primarily because this meeting happened after the us elections and the trump administration lost i mean right. president trump uh, donald trump lost the election so a new administration is coming up so the saudi crown prince did not want to normalize ties with israel now because he would use that as a diplomatic chip a bargaining chip with the upcoming us administration uh, you know so i think in in theory if you look at it uh, you know bahrain has uh, uh, established ties with israel and uh, the uae has established ties with israel both uae and bahrain have very good ties with the saudis so uh, if not the entire saudi government at least a dominant section within the saudi government i think is in favor of opening up to israel and it could happen it's uh, it it's i think it's a matter of time it could happen maybe under a biden administration as part of a bigger deal so it's possible because the uh, you know the sands are shifting uh, the sands are shifting in a sense the sunni block or the sunni monarchies and their and the countries that supported them the sunni gulf block they are uh, building better ties or they are moving closer towards israel it's now a process this will only go on but on the other side uh, you know you know if you are talking about instabilities what could happen is that uh, these countries saudi arabia or uae or bahrain or morocco or sudan these countries overlooking the palestinian question doesn't mean that the palestinian question is resolved right the palestinian right. question is there the palestinian issue is there so uh, when these countries uh, uh, you know um, moving over the palestinian issue and building stronger ties with israel they are leaving a vacuum and this vacuum will be filled by other countries say you have turkey which is a very aspirational power and you have iran which is backing very vocal supporter of the palestinian militants so what will happen is that i think the entire region the middle eastern region is going through a churn you know so uh, while uh, these two traditional uh, opposing blocks are coming together the gulf uh, sunni monarchies and their allies uh, with israel on the other side the palestinian issue uh, would be taken up by uh, other countries which are becoming more and more active in the region such as turkey and uh, iran so right. this would go on i think right okay Sandy I think uh, that was really fascinating and I think we ended on a good note kind of zooming out and looking at the larger picture as well. Yeah. Um we'll wrap it up there. Thank you so much for joining us on this podcast once again. Thanks Jay. Thank you very much. In Focus will be back soon with analysis of the biggest news issues. In the meantime, you can find our podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher and other platforms. Just search for in focus by the hindu
We'll see you soon. 